Noble Dairy Queen's new summer blizzard menu is back and it is stacked. Dive right into the summer celebration with their new peanut butter cookie dough party blizzard. You can sink your red spoon into their world famous DQ soft serve filled with delicious chunks of chocolate chip cookie dough, swirls of creamy peanut butter topping and peanut brittle crunch with sprinkles. If the peanut buttery flavor isn't your jam, their fresh take on cobbler a la mode certainly will. Say hello to the Picnic Peach Cobbler Blizzard. You can also let your taste buds crumble with the ultimate cookie blizzard that features Oreo, Chips Ahoy, and Nutter Butter pieces. Dairy Queen knows everyone loves a good comeback, and fan-favorite blizzard flavors Frosted Animal Cookie, Brownie Batter, and Cotton Candy have made their triumphant return. Summer Blizzard flavors are now available at your Noble Dairy Queen stores with locations in Kankakee, Bourbonnet, Moments, and Mantino. Happy tastes good. People tend to stick to Hello and welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore, and this is the first time that we've ever sat down with a realtor in Kankakee County, and it is none other than Lisa Sanford. Welcome to <laughs> Thank the you, podcast. <laughs> and now, Lisa, I've heard and seen your name everywhere, mm-hmm. probably since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And so, and I feel like most people have at this point as well. Um, and and it's probably not just because of you, but it's it's a family business sort of because isn't your husband involved in the business in some capacity too? He's not involved right. in my business. He has his rental business. So you may have seen Sanford Systems on his vehicle and he has license plate. It used to be rent now. Now his license plate is lease it. So um, he's all about renting and, and leasing properties. Yeah. For, so I help him a wee bit. He helps me a wee bit just for ideas here and there. But basically real estate is, you know, sales helping buyers and sellers is 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 all me. That's all you. Yeah. yeah. Well, welcome. Thank you. And Jake. Thank you for doing this. My pleasure. Thank um, you. So I've heard that you're originally from Chicago? Park Ridge. Okay. I grew up right by O'Hare. We'd be outside on the patio and the airplanes would be going over and we'd just have to stop our conversation until they were done. And that was just normal. That's how we did it. That's how life was. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, so for you then, was your family originally from that area? Yeah. Or? My mom and okay. dad were Chicago West Side. They got married. They moved to Milwaukee for a couple of years, but I was born, I was born and, and lived in Park Ridge my whole life. So until I went away to college at University of Illinois in Champaign. And then after that, I lived in Des Plaines for a year or two and then moved down to Bourbon A in 1983. And I got my real estate license in 1984. And then I've been helping people with that ever since. Wow. You've yeah. seen, oh my gosh, you've seen so much. Yeah. What brought you to Kankakee County then? So my husband at the time, um, we opened up the Edward Jones office. It used to be called Edward D. Jones office. Um, Tom Vaccaro is is in that now. We could live anywhere in the state of Illinois. And he was from Decatur and I was Park Ridge. So we just decided to be kind of halfway in between. And when we moved here, we had the stickers that said, last one to leave, turn out the lights. <laughs> so Roper had left. A.O. Smith was leaving. Unemployment was high. Interest rates in the 80s were through the rough. So I was just telling that to Andrew before we got on and I was trying to remember um he was saying uh he made a comment when houses were affordable and I said, "Well, if I'm not mistaken in the 1980s, what interest rates were like 15% or more?" Yeah, it was right? 16 and a half when when I bought my first home in November oh of 84 um for fixed rate. So I did an adjustable rate mortgage at 11.9. That was my first home, so yeah. Yeah. 
And then then I paid eighty eighty two thousand dollars for for a home, and that same home today is probably worth about two hundred and thirty thousand. Wow. Probably. See, I guess that's the difference. So, you had a super high interest rate, but the overall sale price or the price tag of a home was much lower. Yeah. You know, right. so. Right. But everyone was making less. You know, the, <laughs> that's, so right. Many, that's right. That's right. It, it just is what it is. You yeah. can't get hung up on that. If no. you need a place to live, then I'm happy to help you. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's just crazy to think about all the fluctuations and just all the different pieces from wages to interest rates to the prices of homes and right. just everything in between. Right. Um, so you so did you so your husband worked in the Edward Jones yeah. or he was working for Edward yeah. Jones at the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then we got divorced and then um my husband now and I met in nineteen ninety seven. Um he was from California. His name is Walter Sanford. And um he was from California and I was his hostess when he came to the Illinois State Association convention. And so we met there and, well, his first question to me was, what do you do when you come to these things without your husband? And what does he think? What does he think when you come to these things without him? And I said, I'm not married. That was a very <laughs> clever way of him to ask that right? question. Very right? clever. Instead of just asking, so are you married? Right. Do you have a boyfriend? Right. He, I like that. Right. I like right, that. Right, That's right. very good. So, yeah, huh. then it, it took off from there. We got married in 1999. He he moved here from California because he was a real estate trainer. So that's why it's sort of in the business because he is a trainer. Um, so he speaks at huge conventions, used to. Now he's retired from that. He's 100% rental, you know, helping people with the rentals. But he used to speak at Century 21 conventions, National Association of Realtors, the Illinois Association of Realtors conventions. Um, so he thought it would make sense to live in the central of the United States for flying purposes instead of all the way on the West Coast. So that makes sense. Yeah. And you just yeah. kind of helped seal that deal. Yeah. 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 It worked out well. It That's worked cute. out well. So why, you know, you you settle here in 83. Mm -hmm. Why did you, how did you end up choosing real estate? So um, I was interviewing for a middle management position. I was working in Chicago at the time for John Sexton, which is a national food distributor. They would sell product to restaurants and hospitals and schools and blah, blah. I definitely heard that name. Are they, so are they still around? Red and white label. Yeah. Um, it was the, the Sexton label. Um, yeah. So you'd see it on the sugar packets. But anyway, um, I was in the corporate office. So I was helping the branches uh, make sure that their inventory was right. And I would go to branches sometimes and make a little presentation from the corporate and that kind of thing. But commuting was an hour and 50 minutes each way. No one talked on the train. I learned then that I was a people person and I missed people. They would just have their newspapers at the time. Now it wouldn't be newspapers, but... Um, they would have their newspapers up and magazines and, and, and then I would just like fall asleep and it was just, it was not, it was not good. So Arlen Speckman is who I met that helped us actually find our rental place. And he gave me some names of places that I could interview and it was not going the way I just wasn't finding whatever I was looking for. So he said, why don't you consider selling real estate? And I said, well, you know, I took the class at University of Illinois, but I never took the exam. He said, you did? You already took the class? Let's talk Saturday. <laughs> so I went in on that Saturday and we talked for about three hours. And I said, why do you think that I would be a good real estate agent? I've never sold anything in my life. I've never bought a home at that time. I didn't buy a home yet. And he said, your dad is in sales, your sister's in sales, you love people, you're a great listener, and I think that you've learned more at the dining room table than most people have at all. So, and my dad was an entrepreneur, he had his own business, and I did learn a ton from my dad in business. What was his business? So he was in welding supply business. He sold Harris equipment. His company was Harris Calorific. 
um, in the, on the west side of, of Chicago on Lawrence Avenue. And, uh, and he, he worked hard. He played hard, ethical, t- trustworthy, fun, Irish humor, <laughs> good guy. Love yeah. my dad. Love my dad. So you grew up watching him sell, you know, sell his business, yeah. you know, sell his business yeah. to other people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's some, somewhat. I mean, just, just not that I was in his business that much, but just at parties, how he was and the questions that he would ask Jake, it just, and then if I went on an interview, he would ask me, where did they go to school? I don't know. You need to ask questions. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I learned and now I get teased by how many questions I ask or whatever, because that's just, that that's who I am. It's so, good to ask questions. Yeah. Well, and especially in, in you know, in your business. Definitely. You have to, you yeah. have to know all these things. Yeah. You know, from... How old is the the furnace? And, right. You know, right. especially right. Uh, that's. Yeah. Well, you know, how can I help you? Or right. So if you called me and said you needed help in real estate selling mm-hmm. or buying, why? What's up? Yeah. What's up? Tell me. Yeah. I'm not going to be an order taker. Mm-hmm. I want to go see that house. Yeah. Great. Why? What do you need? In order for me to be able to help you, I need to know something about you. And that I learned way early on. When I got in the business, I was thinking, how can I get renewal business like insurance guys get renewal business? So how how do I do that? I don't know. I need a mentor. I need to be asking top real estate agents how they do their business. I don't want to do it locally because they're my competition. We're friendly competition, but we're still competition. So I went to our national association. At the time, we were part of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. Now we're now we're Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Beckman Realty. At the time, we were Better Homes and Gardens. So I went to the top agent of all of Better Homes and Gardens, Phyllis Waborski, lived in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I called her up and I said, hi, Phyllis, this is Lisa. At the time, a different last name. And <laughs> I said, I wanted to know if you're going to go to the convention in November, because I would love to have 10 minutes to just pick your brain in person. And she said, darling, I don't know. That's that's two months away. I don't know what's going on yet. <laughs> I said, well, Phyllis, this is like part of my budget. I have to decide if I'm going to spend the money to go there. And the only way I want to go there is if I can meet with you. So she said, you call me in three weeks. That was her first test to me to see if I would call her. I did call her at the time that she asked me to call her. And I said, are you going to go? She said, you just passed the first test, darling. You bet I'll be there. Let's meet in the lobby at 10 a.m. on Tuesday, November, whatever. That's uh, quite a, a some courage to call her up yeah, well, on your no, part. That was nothing as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a big deal. You're calling the, you know, the top agent yeah, yeah, in, uh, yeah. you know, this nationwide or global yeah. company. Yeah, she was. She was. And she was, she was great. We met in the lobby and I said, so Phyllis, how do you do it? She said, no, darling, for me to be able to help you, I need to know something about you. Tell me about you. And that was my, like... Boom. That's exactly how it is for for what I use today. How can I help you? What What's your story? How can I help you? That's great. And yeah. I feel like that's universal, mm-hmm. too. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about uh, – I was having a meeting the other day uh, with one of our other podcasts we produce here at Pathfinder. And that was the first – you know, they wanted to – hear what I had to say about their show, you know, and get my input on what I thought of it. And I said, well, first, I want to know what you like and what you don't like about your show. You know, that's how I started. So I wanted to hear what their thoughts were. That's right. That's right. And that's what, what page are we on? Yeah. Where are we? (laughs) Where are we? Where are we? And that way I can, you know, give you the, that's right. The, the right, hopefully helpful information that you're looking for. So that's great. Yeah. So what else did you learn from her? What do you remember from that? Was that the, the very first convention that you went to then? Children are naturally drawn to art and the creative process. For them, it can be a form of expression as they explore the materials, gain confidence and feel a sense of competency as they create something based on their own ideas and efforts. 
That's why Little Me's Studio in Bourbon A created the Big Kids Art Lab for ages 5 to 12. Little Me Studio crafted this safe space for your big kid to slow down, be in the moment, and be comfortable making messes while trying something new. Big Kids Art Lab meets every Thursday from 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. at Little Me Studio across the street from Olivet Nazarene University in Bourbon A. Studies indicate that art making has so many positive effects for the brain, body, mind, and heart. Enroll in one class at littlemestudio.com or sign up for the entire session and save. littlemestudio.com to sign up for Big Kids Art Lab. Make sure you follow Little Me Studio on Facebook and Instagram. No, I had gone. I had gone to other local ones, um, but not nationally. So that was my first one nationally. So that was good. What I learned from her is I wanted to know numbers. So from the first time that I got in the business, we're self-employed. And so, okay, you've heard million dollar sales people before. What does that mean? How much money do I actually put in my pocket? And what do I have to pay for as a self-employed person? So I wanted to know some of her numbers and I was floored at how much she spent on advertising that she had to do, percentage of her of her sales. And I thought, okay, so you are a $32 million producer, but you're spending that much on marketing, on advertising. So how much are you really putting in your pocket? And it was it she was helpful. She was open to me, which is really great. It's not typical that you would sit down and I would say, hey, Jake, how much money do you make? (laughs) How much does it actually go in your pocket? That's one of those questions like you just don't ask. But because we were in completely different markets, I was not a threat to her. I was beginning agent, just fresh, fresh, fresh. So so she was open. And I I just, I, I think that's what it you know, that, that I learned a lot. So I wanted to know my numbers from the beginning. So I always had a a spreadsheet going, you know, how much did I, how much did I earn, but how much did I really earn? (laughs) How much is uncle Sam getting out of that part? So what's really going in my pocket. And because we have to pay taxes on a quarterly basis, they're not taken out of our check. I wanted to make sure that I budgeted for that. So I just, I started it out like a business. Yeah. Always. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So from that point on then, what, what we sort, I guess we sort of painted the picture of what real estate was like in the eighties a little bit, but Mm -hmm. maybe kind of take that a step further on what it was really like for you or what you remember. And I didn't realize you've been with Speckman this whole time. The whole time. Yeah. Of course, a lot of changes have happened since then at Speckman though. We're, um, we're a family. It's still family owned. So Peter Grant bought it from Arlen Speckman in 2006, like the day before the market went down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Arlen Speckman's timing for selling was really incredible. Yeah, um, you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. So we had seven people when I first started and then we grew up to, I don't know, 70 some people. And, and now because we work so much out of our home, I'm not sure. We've got about 40 agents, I believe it is, something like that, maybe 35, something like that. Um, but what did I see? So a lot of changes in technology have changed our business dramatically. We used to get multiple listing books. There was no internet for searching for homes. So we would we would see, you know, the books would come um, once a month, and then they brought it down to once every other week. And we'd be able to tell what the market was like by how thick the multiple listing book was. So here's the market. Here's the market. It was like how many. Yeah, you you don't even have to open it up. You yeah. already you're like, oh, there's a lot on the market yeah. right now. And then you get to see we'd, it's thin. We'd sit yeah. next to a buyer and show them the book. And it was like that was our precious book. We held on to all the inventory. You had no clue what was out there. And then I would write down which addresses that they would want to see. Then I'd have to call each agent, wait for them to call me back, schedule seven homes. But then the agent might have been out busy 
and and so that we couldn't make their time, so we have to reschedule. It was so hard. Then going to pick up all the keys because there was no <laughs> lock boxes. Yeah. And then we're driving by someplace, and they'd say, "Well, how much is that house?" Well, I don't know. It's not in the book. And so then I'd have to go to a pay phone to call the agent to find out how much it is and can we get in right now. So totally different than right. on your phone. A lot more legwork. A lot more legwork. A lot more legwork. So yeah, yeah I know. I was I was thinking about when I bought my house in 2019. It was just a matter of opening your phone and then seeing. Sure. What what was yeah? What was available, and then yeah. you know sometimes you, you would be looking at a house and be like, okay, where should we go next? And you just look, okay, let's scroll through the phone, yeah. And then how about this one? Yeah, yeah. that's fine. I, yeah, I can get in there. Yeah, and that's no problem. Yeah, you know, it's not exactly. It's like, um, it's just amazing how all of that is has changed. Was the do you feel like the comp was it a lot more competitive? Um, mindset between yourself and other uh, realtors from different companies and different real estate agencies, do you think at that time compared to now, has that really... Interesting. Has that changed or do you feel... I don't see it. No. I don't see it. So George Nofke was was, um, one of the seven of us that started. And he said, here's an advice that I want to give to you. You're eager... You want to learn, you want to do well. I said, yeah, absolutely. He said, don't talk about other people. Don't talk about losing a sale. You start pointing the finger that it's their fault or that, that you start pointing the finger and you got four of them back at you. Look at yourself. What could I have done differently to earn their trust, to earn their sale, to, to help in that situation in any way? Great advice. Great advice. So I don't know if there was. I've always treated the multiple listings, so to speak. So yes, I work with Speckman Realty and we work with people at Coldwell Banker and Macaulay and out-of-town agents now more than ever because of the internet. So we're working with Chicago agents, Champaign agents. Our multiple listing goes all the way up to the Wisconsin border. So I'm working with people that I, I, you know, they are to help sell all the sellers that I'm working with. So they're part of my team. I've never treated that anything differently, whether the competition has changed different names, but the idea, it's always been the same. They're on my team to help sell as many homes as I can sell. They're on my team to help if I've got the buyer and they're working with the seller. We both want to get it done for each other. Yeah. So it's an interesting, because you don't see that in other, you know, other agents sectors. don't have the same. No, sectors oh, just of different business. Jobs. Okay. Yeah, different jobs. This is so unique because- we are part of this multiple listing, so we're all we're all in it together in a way. I think we often forget that in the real estate world, or even just in business in general, that there's a lot of times you are working with the person you're competing with, and if you yeah, you still have the same goal, right? Of the home. And you have the yeah. same goal, and yeah. you also. You never know one day when you will actually be working in the same company or in the case of, you know, you're selling um, someone's house, but you also have to work with the the realtor that they're buying uh, a house from that realtor, you know? Right. And so you got to right. have, and if you have a sour relationship, well, that's not going to go very no, well. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, no, exactly. Exactly. Moving, I guess, from, you know, the, the, the time you started, you, you kind of found your mentor. Did you keep in, in touch with her yes. for years yeah, to come for, then? For many years, probably okay. seven years we okay. did. She was older, of course. She was a veteran and, so um, she had a huge, a huge um, team of agents that sold with her. And so, yeah, we did. But then I would, then I would just pick up other ones. Um, one of the, one of the goals that, that my husband and I always do every New Year's is um, the six F's. So in the six F's, how are you going to improve in faith, family, friends, finances, fitness, and fun. So we just do these categories. And so, and so within many of them in business, 
I've always wanted to have mentors in different areas, not just real estate. So like Dr. John Bowling with Olivet was my speaking mentor. I would meet with him. He didn't know me. I've got this big speech to do. Do you mind if I pick your brain? <laughs> I was I was 25 years old at the time and he had just come in maybe a year prior and he didn't know my name. He didn't know anything. I was young and and he said, sure, come on in. And we became friends ever since he retired. Now that he's retired, I, I, I haven't stayed in contact with him. But we would see, and he just had such respect for me. And I absolutely had huge respect for him. But um, so speaking mentor, my spiritual mentor, my pastor's wife, love her to pieces, Delinda Asher. Um, so so I, I have just different people. My mom, for the most um, grateful mentor that there ever is on the face of the planet. You know, Oh, it's a bad hair day. Oh, no, God, thank you for my hair. I'm really <laughs> appreciative of my hair. That's how my mom is. <laughs> That's cute. Um, so uh, I like to grow as a person. I mean, my, my whole goal, why I got into real estate, Arlen Speckman gave me encouragement through that talk that we had for the three hours when he thought that I would be good. But more than that, it was, I love people. And I learned that through my travels to Chicago and not being able to talk to people. I felt like I was in jail in that commute. And so I thought, what a great way to get to know a lot of different kinds of people that I would typically not have my circles of friends be around you know, would I really run into you, Jake? I haven't yet. No, this is the first time. And now that, just yeah. the, my my career has afforded me the opportunity to see how a person makes a buck. They've they 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 sell this one little piece that I didn't even know existed, you know, and they make a <laughs> they make a good earning out of it. Yeah. That intrigues me, probably from my dad and and his love for business. Um and just how people tick different ages, different backgrounds, the diversity that it, that it allows me, that that I just love. Love, love, love. Um, can I share another? No, please. I'm, trajectory? I'm, no, yeah, please. So in my faith story, um, I was raised Catholic, and then my husband really wasn't raised anything, and and he started going with me to, to Catholic when we got married to mass and all that. And then his assistant asked us to go to Grace Baptist Church for a family day. We went, it was a game day and nice little message, but mostly just fun stuff. And he's, my husband said, I think I want to go back next week to see what a real service looks like. We went back the following week and he said, wow, that's the truth. That's where I feel God is leading us to be. I'm not going to go back to mass anymore. So I was going to both for a while. Then I thought, okay, this really is where, why am I doing this other, I'm just going to go to grace. So we went to, we went to grace. Then I started thinking, does God have me where he wants me? Is this really where I should be? I'm learning there's a purpose. God gives us a purpose. And, and then I read the prayer of Jabez by Bruce Wilkinson and he talked about the prayer of Jabez is in First um, Chronicles 4, verses 9 and 10. And it's, Lord, bless me, keep me from harm, enlarge my territory, keep your hand upon me. And he goes through this tiny little book. I got it just because it was take one book when I was at the county health department with my kids getting tetanus shots. <laughs> That's how I learned wow. the book. I just, I just, it's the smallest book. I'm, I'm a people person. I'm not that much of a reader. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so I picked that up and it really grabbed me. So I thought, okay, this is where you really want me to be because you want me to enlarge your territory. Why do you think, I mean, this whole plan, the pieces of the puzzle just seem to have fit together just perfectly because again, I would never be in a circle to talk to you, but I want to give help to people that want help. I want to provide the peace of the Holy Spirit through sometimes the most trying times that people could go through for especially the sale of a home, but sometimes the buying of a home is very anxious 
ridden times oh for people. You remember? Oh, it seems yes. like yesterday, right? It does seem like, and it really, I mean, I've been only been a homeowner for four years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm still, I still feel new to the whole thing, but yeah, yeah no, there were definitely some very yeah. stressful. Yeah. And yeah, it does come back to, floods back to my brain for yeah. sure. Yeah. So. So that's my whole goal now. It's a whole different, a whole different goal. I want to honor, I've always wanted to honor God with everything that I do and all my work. I want to, I want to, you know, serve, serve him. Yeah. First, and I've never, so. that's the six F's you said is what? Six F's yeah. are, are what we do for the goals. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Like, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Walter, I love that. Walter came up with that for me. I don't know where, how he ever did it, but I, I've got a beautiful goal book. Yeah. Beautiful goal book. So every single year I've got categories of faith, family, friends. I need to I need to sit down and work on those Fs myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it keeps cool. you in balance. Yeah, it, it sounds keeps you like in balance. it. So there's one major, you know, goal, and then you just want to make sure that each one of your six does not contradict what your major goal is. That's true. So yeah, yeah. I like that. I yeah, like that a lot. Yeah, it's fun. What are, I mean, you've been in real estate for so long now, you have to have some interesting stories to share of, of, you know, whether it was buying or selling or anything in between that has happened to you or some of the houses that you've seen uh, over the years, you know, uh, there has to be stories that stick out in your mind. Because do do you even know how many homes you've sold at this point? Have you kept track? I don't know. But 39 years this November, what'll be, yeah, this coming up November will be 40 years. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, So one was kind of fun because um, uh, limestone to Bourbon A to another home in Bourbon A, we had three buyers and three sellers. And they all three transferred houses. <laughs> A bought B, B bought C, C bought A. <laughs> so each one had to sell before they could buy. <laughs> it was just like a little, little triangle. It was a going triangle on. going on. So we worked with the same title company to say each one has to buy in order to sell. But how do we make this work? And I am already so confused thinking about was, how all that must have worked. Yeah. So some were going up. And then the last one was downsizing. So it just worked out. (laughs) They're going back to where they started. It was fun. Yeah. That was fun. That is. That was very fun. And that's probably only happened to you what? That was only once. once. (laughs) That was only once. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty rare. That was only once. Yeah. So it's, uh, and then uh, Jesse and Logan right here at Pathfinder, they had an interesting story. Do you know that story? Was that you? Yeah. Was that you were part of that? So. From what I understand, they Jesse moved into Logan's house, and then Logan moved into the house next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. now they live next to each other. The, now and, they live next to each other, and their offices are right and next their to each offices, other. Offices, I. just can't. That's a lot. They can't get away from each other. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. They were having a a Nerf uh, gun battle they're yesterday. They're so funny because they're so yeah. different, yet they're they're so. <laughs> Funny together, it cracks mm-hmm. me up. I feel like they're so different, but they also have a lot of similarities. Yeah, yeah, so, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they had Nerf out their kitchen window or something? No, no, no. In in the office. <laughs> oh, in the here. office. They in could, the office. They could here. do it outside. The uh, they could do it through the kitchen window too. Yeah. No, they definitely could. But no, there was. Uh, yeah, there was a little Nerf war oh, going so on. So I funny. Uh, yeah, I was just kind of in the middle of it. You know, um, I didn't. I didn't partake. I just you didn't get just, one right here. No, I didn't. Someone <laughs> got pelted uh, in the head, though. I think one of one of the other Pathfinder employees. I think. But yeah. Everyone's okay. No one went to the hospital. Good deal. Good deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what what other stories stick out in your mind, though? Oh, I mean, good stuff. Just I'm trying to think of something specific. But. Helping helping people right now, today. Hopefully, hopefully on my phone. Let me check here if we got anything. We're we're negotiating on a deal right now where I'm helping. I I helped a grandfather and grandmother sell to move to Tennessee, and now I'm helping their grandson. So to do that generational thing, I mean now you know, 40 years in the business that it's happening a lot. It was, you know, parent and 
and then the child. And now we're now we're onto the grandkids. So <laughs> yeah. So you're like, wow. How long have I been doing this now? I'm yeah. so blessed, Jake. Yeah. I'm so blessed well, that, to to like do. It. I love. I I love to work. I love to work. I, I knew when I was in college, I did not know what I wanted to do. I did not think I wanted to go into real estate at the time because I would go to open houses with my mom and dad and I'd sit in the car because I did not like going into the open houses. Oh, and the real estate agent would say, oh, welcome. Come on in. Now, this is the kitchen. And I go, really? (laughs) You're kidding. I would have never known. I thought I was in the master bathroom. So... I knew what I didn't want to be like. (laughs) So instead of saying this is the kitchen, you find something unique about the kitchen that you can say first, right? Well, yeah. (laughs) If I don't know if if both the, you know, if there's a couple I'm working with, if they're both cookers, you know, if they both like to cook, if I don't know that, I might ask that question. Do you both like to cook in the kitchen at the same time? Oh, look, this can afford you to be over here at the, you know, the vegetable sink while you're doing it. So... Just to help people place themselves in there to see it, because sometimes it can be overwhelming. That's 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 more where I would go. What works for you? It's all about you. It's all about you. I don't care that I like the blah, blah, blah. But how do you like this Viking stove? Does this (laughs) six burner stove work for you? (laughs) You need an eight probably, don't you? You need eight burners going. What is the biggest house that you've sold as far as price and even square footage? Um, let's see. Let's see. There's been, there's been one in Kankakee that was on the river that was a big one at the time because I helped both the buyer and the seller. So when you're in sales for real estate, you sell a $200,000 property to a buyer then it's counted as sales to you of $400,000 because you count both sides. Oh, I so see. So I help the seller sell. So I get $200,000 credit for that and then help the buyer buy. Damn. Um, so that's how uh, agents really rack up their numbers. Then. Yeah, if they're working with okay. both. So out of, out of 10 sellers that I help, I might sell two out of 10. So usually I'm working with my other team members in the whole state of Illinois that are helping sell. That's what I call them, my team members. It's not really a, a team, so to speak, on the IRS form, but, <laughs> no. you know, they they just help me sell. So I need, I that's that's why it's healthy competition as well. Uh, Sorry, go So ahead. largest home, I don't know, 5,000. I, th- I don't have any crazy stories of, of okay. that kind of thing. <laughs> okay, you know? I wasn't yeah. sure. What are some, you know... Th- factoids that you think people should know before they work with an agent um, or any misconceptions that you always like to make sure that you address about real estate agents and things like that? Um, So I think it's good to just make your mind up after you visit with the agent. Sometimes people will just think, I'm all in, but then they get with somebody and they're just not connecting. Like I am fine if somebody if somebody meets with me and they just want to go a different direction. I'd rather know up front both ways. I'm there to help you. If you want help, I am all over it. All over it. I, it I've gotten nicknames that I'm the the three-way caller queen, you know, because I'm about efficiency. I've gotten nicknames of being a bulldog because I will, I will, you know, just get on the phone. I'll call whoever. It doesn't matter to yeah, me. When I, necessary. I, when you, necessary. It's yeah. okay. Um, I think that you see that when you meet with somebody first off, are we connecting or not? This is a huge investment, selling or buying. You want to make sure that you're on the same page and same team and like your team who's who's going to be helping you. Um, I Again, I use that word order taker. I don't want to be an order taker. I don't want to work with somebody that's an order taker. When I go into Best Buy, I, I think I want this. Okay, here it is. But how about if you consider, did you, what did you need that for? Oh, 
this might work out better. Yeah. If somebody says, I like 123 Main Street, I want to see it, I like it, I want to buy it. But that agent isn't asking what's really your goal. And golly, I'm in this business all the time. This one might work out better for that goal. I just, that's what I want people to make sure that they're working with somebody that they trust and feel like they've got their best interest at hand. So you always have kind of like a a meeting or like a pre-meeting or a screening or whatever you I like want to, to call it before you, if it's someone new that you've yeah. never worked with before, yeah. Yeah. you just want to see if you, right. know, you match. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I want them to feel confident. I mean, now with the market as hot as it is, Jake, and somebody sees a home that just came on the market and they, they heard about me through you or through whoever, and I'm helping them, I'll meet with them at the door and I'll say, this is how I work and this is, this is what it is. And, and you know, if, if this works great both ways, so we might still meet at the home, but a lot of times we'll meet in my office first. And I think that's, that's not, everybody likes yeah, likes that, that likes way there's not a, a rush, but sometimes yeah. you are in those situations right. where it is a, a rush, rush right. situation. Right. So right. Um, how does, I feel like a question that gets brought up a lot um, with people is how does a, a agent get paid um, when like they're selling or buying mm-hmm. a home? How does that work? Mm-hmm. So we're independent contractors and the brokerage company gets whatever commissions are earned. And then from there you get your split. So after the sale takes place, then I would get paid. Uh, There is um, an agreement between a seller and me to say, this is how much the commission will be um, for the sale of the home. And that can vary. It's not a, it's not a set, our company has policies, but it's not set amongst other companies. That would not be legal. You just you have to deal with your own company and what what our company guidelines are. So we would charge a seller how much money it would cost, and then same with a buyer. There's a buyer agency as well. Um, used to only be um, paid by seller before, and now it can go both ways. Yeah, I was. I learned not too long ago that um, it's starting to be where a buyer will have to pay. Not no. not, not have no. to. There's no. still okay. going to be plenty of sellers that will just say, I want my home sold and I'm willing to pay whoever it is that sells at this amount of money. Okay. And that will that will that change as time goes on? I don't know. Um, but but. We've we've had the ability to have buyers pay for many years, and we just it's it's getting a little bit more out there now. I see, but it still isn't happening so much. It's not a big trend not, at this point. Not that much. But once in a while, yeah. it happens to yeah. where the the seller yeah. is like, the seller says, "I want the buyer to pay a percentage of mm-hmm. your commission, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that way, yeah." Yeah, but a lot of times buyers don't have the money. <laughs> no. So then they don't get their home sold. They, right. <laughs> so, exactly. You know, yeah. in commercial business, that's the way it's been, I, I think, very commonly that a buyer hires an agent and they hire them and they pay them. Yes. To find me a commercial spot yes. for whatever. Yeah, that's so, true. It, it kind of works the other way around in, in a commercial yeah. sense, doesn't it? Right. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And you don't, you are just strictly home. Not so strictly, but mostly. Sometimes you'll yeah. dabble in very, commercial. Very, yeah, a little bit. Okay. A little bit here and there. That's good to know. Yeah. Especially for for previous clients that know how I work. So yeah. then, we'll, then we'll help that way too. Yeah. But, what are some things that have recently changed that you are in big favor of. Is there anything recently that's kind of been changing that you're just like, I love? Pre-buyer home inspections that a seller pays for. Love it. So it's out of the box, completely untraditional, out of the box thinking. What it is is the seller, when we put their home on the market, I say, would you like to do a home inspection before we put it on the market? That way we're going to know what your product really is from attic to basement. I see what I see here, but a home inspector is going to be in your home looking 
unscrewing the electric panel, looking underneath your sink, running the toilet, running the tub, looking in the attic, looking, they might get on the roof or do a drone on the roof to see what that looks like. And and you may have somebody that you know that can fix some stuff. You might be able to fix some stuff yourself. Or maybe you say, no, I not. I don't have any money. I'm not going to fix anything. That's okay. That's okay. Either way, any way it goes, it's all right. It's just that we're going to know the product and then we can price it accordingly. So sellers are so happy with that because a lot of times when we do it, you might know how to fix something. It's your own home. You don't have to be licensed to fix something necessarily on your home. So you might fix it and a buyer might come in and say, oh, the seller fixed it. Well, I want to make sure it's right. Sure, go for it. You can have whoever you want. Look at it. We're proud of our work. But you've saved money because you've done it yourself, right? If we do it the traditional way and we wait until the home is on the market, we think that we're pricing it right at $200,000 and then a buyer comes in and they do their inspection and then you get the 18 items. <laughs> yes, the laundry you know, list the laundry of all the list. things. Right. Are, yes. Right. Now the buyer already has their home under contract. You don't want to lose them as a buyer or else your 123 Main Street is back on the market and there's all of a sudden a red flag against that address. What's wrong with that? Did the home inspection fail? You don't want to lose a buyer. So the buyer might throw up 12 items that they want fixed out of the 18 and see what sticks. And you're like, I don't want to lose a buyer. Okay. Let's, you know, but this way, if you do it ahead of time, still have those 18 items, but maybe you decide to fix seven of them and a buyer writes an offer and then they say, okay, my offer stands now that I've looked at the home inspection, except for I want you to fix number 11 and number 14 as well. Now, at least you know what you're negotiating before you actually sign a contract. Yes. Way better, way better. Because you could say, no, I'm not going to fix 14, but I'll fix number 11. Do we have a buyer or don't we? Now at least you know. Or they'll say, how about if you fix 14 and I'll pay you an extra $500? <laughs> or you say, how about if I don't fix it and I'll, and I'll take $500 less? All the negotiating is happening before hand, 90 whatever percent of the time. Or, or you can, if, if you do that uh, inspection before you sell, you can hopefully make it to where the negotiations aren't as all over the place or, right. you know, it, right. then hopefully the negotiations will be much easier. Right. Or maybe you won't have any, but right. if you do, hopefully it's much simpler. That's the goal. Then That's the goal. And buyers yeah. usually like it. If you came in and saw a pre-buyer home inspection from a company like SLS Home Inspection, Scott Seaton and Luke, they do probably 80% of the of the did you they that, did mine they did yours and, yeah, and they uh, Scott supports this podcast so he's, yeah he's good. a great guy um, good he's going to be on the podcast soon actually okay good some of the stories I've heard him tell are pretty <laughs> interesting yeah so of that's what, what he's was, seen yeah. yeah I was like uh, you have to come onto the podcast to tell me these stories yeah. because or tell yeah. everyone these stories because oh yeah. my gosh but uh, yeah. no they the so I had them do two home inspections. Um, I think Luke did both of them. Okay. And yeah, great job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very thorough. To, yes. Very thorough. Probably yeah. 35 pages long. You know, <laughs> as a normal. Yeah. And, you know, they're in the house and they're they're checking everything out. So mm -hmm. um, but that that is number one, like what I'm all about these yeah. days now. And I mean, home inspections aren't, they don't cost I don't remember it being too costly. No, the typical is probably $450. Yeah. It's based a lot of times on location or size or age. Right. Of the home. Yes. So, or or the size of it too, right? right? Size, yeah. size, age, and, <clears throat> and location. Yeah. yeah. If, if Scott and Luke have to travel an hour to get there, you're going to pay a couple bucks more, mm, yeah. you know? But, yeah. 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 So th those work. And buyers appreciate it. Sellers appreciate it. It, it, you can close a lot faster if the buyer isn't going to do another home inspection. But even if they do another home inspection, you're pretty much negotiating the same thing that you would have anyway. So, yeah, yeah love it. Yeah. It, it, it brings down the anxiety on all parts because buyers want to know, do I have this house or not? Should I pay for my appraisal? Because I want to know if I'm getting this house and I don't know until I get my home inspection done. And, mm -hmm. and then should we pack or should we not pack? Everyone's got... <laughs> Those types of issues. So yes. speeding up whatever can be done prior to the negotiating is is very helpful for everybody. So I love that. Well, since we're kind of on like helpful tidbits, yeah. what are some yeah. other things that are very helpful 
um, whether you're buying or selling a home that you frequently tell people? Uh, working with a lender that we know and trust for a buyer. <laughs> yeah. So um, you can get an online, congratulations, you're pre-approved. Now go out and look at a home. Oh, really? Like, did they know that you have this going on or that going on? No, I just filled out a form. Like, you need to sit and talk with somebody that's local here. They're going to hear your story. If you can do it now, fantastic. But if it's going to take you to clear this up or that up, I'd rather you know now than get involved in buying a home, think you're going to buy a home, and then get denied your loan. So I want you to work with somebody that you can know and trust for, so for the lender. In your experience, the, some of those online lenders that um, you've worked with with your clients, they have the pre-approval, but the the online lender didn't do a thorough enough screening Correct. on their, their financials. Yeah. Or- they didn't give enough for the buyer to know what my closing costs really will be with that lender. So, yay, I get in for a, you know, 6.2 instead of a 6.6. .6. Really? What what are your costs to get that 6.2 interest rate? So, they might not they they the buyer might just think that this advertising is great that blah da 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 low rate, but then they might not know all the details of what it really is. So, I love working with people that I've known and trust from the past because if I call them and say, how is Jake doing with getting his getting his loan? Do you see any red flags? I, I'm going to hear it. I'm going to hear You're going to know. What it is. And that's important for you to know too, yeah. obviously. <laughs> Everybody. Right. Yeah. Right. And the seller doesn't know if they need to start packing. And um, I mean- I don't know what the situation was, but I know a home that's on the market right now in Bourbon A that just came back on the market just yesterday. It was with another agent, got under contract the day before closing. Sellers moved out. The buyer had a gift letter and never got the gift funds. Oh, no. Came back on the market. On the market, off the market. Was it a bad home inspection? I don't know. On the market again off the market, switched agents on the market, under contract, yesterday just came back in the market again. Oh my gosh. It's like, holy smoke, these poor sellers, what's going on? I and, have no idea. And I'm sure your reaction is stay away from that place if it well, gets offered to you I, or is Oh it, no, I would ask questions. Yeah. What, what, what has happened? Yeah. What's going on? What, Give me <laughs> I see on off. Did you have a bad home inspection? Was it disclosed? Did we did we price it right accordingly? Can can I offer a contractor that can fix that issue? Some people don't know who to call. That's one of the things in my career of knowing good contractors. And sometimes I'll have them on on the phone, and I'll be like, "Hey, can you can you come to this house?" And how did you get them to call you back? Oh my gosh, I've been on their list for <laughs> two months, and now they're coming tomorrow. Seriously, what kind of connections do you have? Well, sometimes I give them big jobs. Sometimes I give them little jobs. They just know they better respond no matter what I give them, or else I won't give them the big jobs. <laughs> yeah, you know that's true. I mean, the connections help a lot. Using a local lender, yeah, um, is important. Um, and I suppose that's almost the same with even where you uh, close and the, like the title company you choose mm -hmm. too, mm -hmm. right? Instead we have of three great, actually now a fourth one just came in too. Um, haven't haven't worked with them so far, but yeah, but typically you want to close wherever you're purchasing the property, whatever county it's in. So if you're buying in Will County, you'll probably close somewhere in Will County. And why is that in? important in your opinion and closing at a title company that's not, you know, if you're buying in, in uh, Kankakee County, but then you're closing all the way up in Cook, like. Yeah. So if you were to buy in Kankakee County, I would strongly recommend having you or your attorney write in the contract that it needs to close in Kankakee County because the rates are way lower in Kankakee County. Like the, the closing cost Clo rates? Or for just... the title company. Okay. The title company rates are way lower than Will or Cook County rates. Um, Will and Cook County rates, where you might pay $700 here, you could pay $2,700 there. Way different, way different. For title insurance, it's the same thing. You're getting title insurance, the, the same, same. 
apples, apples, but except for the cost is not. So, yeah, way different. And so. do you need an attorney? When is when is the time to actually have an attorney involved in a selling or buying transaction? Yeah. You don't have to have an attorney other than an attorney has to prepare a deed for you. I don't know if legally you could do a deed on your own. As a, I've never had anybody do that. Um, and a lot of times the title company will get an attorney to do that. So again, you don't have to, if you're selling a property, have an attorney. Do I recommend an attorney? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I've um, heard I've heard different things from realtors over yeah, the years. Yeah. Especially so. if the other side has an attorney, I recommend you having an attorney. There, You're going to have an attorney review period where the other side, typically that attorney will do some sort of a bullet point. Do you agree to these changes? Sometimes that can be scary for you to read stuff like that. That's the legalese that you're like, I don't know how to respond to this. But if you have an attorney, they can respond. I can't act as an attorney for you. I can't tell you how to respond to those letters. You either can do it on your own or you hire an attorney. So um, it's well worth it. Sometimes they might find something on a on a title work that that we need their help to have their connections to get to get things figured out and put together and that kind of thing. So what are some other helpful tips that you'd like to offer? Um, so we talked about the pre-buyer home inspection. We talked about working with a good lender, um, working with a good attorney. Again, all the contractors, we talked about that a little bit. I mean, the, the, as I refer to the puzzle of putting all the pieces together to get your home sold or home bought, there's the the vendors are are good. Just to be aware of what's going on in the marketplace, what's going on in in your neighborhood of where you want to buy, what's going on with Newcor and CSL and all the businesses, how is that going to affect your real estate? Just to be knowledgeable on that. I think is is helpful. Um, negotiating. So now we're getting into multiple offers that we've never seen as much as we've seen over the past three years in my whole 37 years. So You've never seen as many offers as, many. as you're seeing now. As many. And they're very aggressive, right? Very aggressive. Just yesterday, a, a buyer came in, conventional, 20% down, $5,000 over asking price, multiple offer situation, they didn't get it. So it's just, that's very, very common. So what do you want to do to make your offer look most appealing? I call it arrows for your quivers for your arrows for your quiver. Yeah. So what all, what all do you want? What can you do to try to make your offer the best offer? Try to learn as much as we can from the seller. Do they have a specific closing date that doesn't really matter to you, but they need this date. Yeah. Yeah. So let's use that date. Um, Do you need to have a home inspection done or not? You might just say, let me take my buddy through. Let's just look at the major stuff. I'm good with whatever little stuff comes out later. I want to peek in the attic to look at that. I want to go in the crawl space to look at that. I can make this offer without a home inspection. That could save the sellers. They're thinking time, thousands of dollars maybe, Mm -hmm. because you might find something and want to negotiate that could... That could cause that renegotiation can of worms to open up. <laughs> yes. That's what they don't want. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, what what kind of earnest money are you going to give? You want to show the seller that you're serious. You're not going to earn that much money on your earnest money for the next 30 days anyway. So show them that you're interested. You know, 5000 8000 something hefty so that they can see, whoa, this guy is serious. He's not going to walk away wake up someday and say, this isn't the right house for me. And earnest money is the money you put down when you uh, put a, a an offer and or offer a contract. An offer and say, I'm serious, I'm earnest. Yeah. I'm earnest about buying your home. Right. Subject to whatever is in the offer, subject to yes. my financing going through. Um, do you Do you have to make it subject to getting financing? Because the earnest money, what is it? You can lose that, the the buyer can lose that money. So if you just woke up one day and said, I don't want to buy that house. I just saw another one come on the market. I I want to get out of this deal. If you don't have a reason to get out of that deal, the seller might say, I don't want to give you that money back. And the money sits in an escrow account, typically with the agency that has the property on the market. And they cannot, by law, 
be the judge and say, oh, I really think this person should get it, seller. I really think this person should get it, buyer. No, they can't be the judge. It has to be mutually agreed upon by buyer and seller as to who gets the money. If it's split, it's split, as long as both buyer, buyer and seller agree. Otherwise, it sits there. And then the agency has to go to court to have the judge tell them who gets the money. But they can't be the judge. So that doesn't happen very often at all. No, oh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's usually pretty plain on, yeah. it's like, okay, well, yeah. if I pull out, this, the uh, the seller is going to get right. that money. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. um, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but you were talking about, oh, yeah, putting down earnest money and so, then. So the other arrows that you want. <laughs> yeah, the other arrows that you want. How strong. Yes. How strong is your how strong is your you know your financing? Sometimes the loan officer might call the listing agent, the the agency that is working with the seller, and say, "Hey, if I've got the seller, hey Lisa, just wanted you to know I am the I am the lender giving the pre approval for Jake buying this home, and Jake is clean, he is good, he's a W two employee. I've checked, I've seen his tax returns. He's already given me pay stubs." He's given me the most recent um, bank statements. He is good, good, good. Just, just I know we're in a multiple offer situation, so you can be rest assured that we're going to get to closing if you pick Jake's offer. Nice, nice to hear that. You know, something, whatever, whatever your strength is. So those are those are some of the some of the tips for negotiating of okay. how strong can your offer be in this multiple offer situation. So, so yeah, so it's not even always about. Uh, offering the most money. Then, no, really. not always. No, no. I've created a spreadsheet now. So it's it's offer number one, offer number two, three, four, five, six, seven. And on the side, purchase price, earnest money, type of financing, conventional FHA, VA, cash, how much down payment, who is the lender, what um, do they want a survey? Do they want a home inspection? Do they want a termite inspection? Do they want a home warranty? All these parts of the contract that you want all that and another guy on their offer spreadsheet doesn't want any of that stuff and they're offering $1,500 less, $2,000. What Seller might say this is this seems easier even though I'm not getting as much money. Yeah. So, and especially since let's say you go with the offer with the most money. Yeah. And let's say the it's a a bad lending situation. Right. The whole and you thing, don't go to closing. Right. The whole thing falls Boom. through. You don't Done. close. Right. You're right. back on the market. And let's say you had to be in Texas by, yeah. you know, yeah. a certain day. And now right. you can't sell your home to get to Texas. Or maybe it. like you have to go regardless, but you're going to have to come back to uh, sell the house eventually or, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Of course, it all depends on everyone's situation is different. And that's what, you know. Exactly. Uh, especially with your expertise. You can, you've been in all those different situations right. at this point. Right. So, right. Um, I mean, this has been fun, Lisa. Thank you, I don't Jake. know what else you want to, if there's all, anything all else you want to. I love Kankakee County. There. Just love it. Um, I love what you're doing just to, you know, expose different different sectors and different businesses. That's nice. Thank you. I, you know, grew up in Park Ridge. We're going full circle to kind of bring this to conclusion. Uh, after I went through the divorce, my family thought, you're coming home now, right? No, no I'm not. I'm, I'm rooted I here like now. I yeah. like Kankakee County. I've lived in Limestone. I've lived in Bourbon A. We live in the historic district in Kankakee. I, I, I love the people. And through my career, I've helped a lot of people like Armstrong, for instance, with with key executives that move around a lot and they'll move from one plant to another and come back and they'll say, just like I say, there's no place like Kankakee County. The people are so great. What I love is most people live and work here. So we've got a lot of people that volunteer here during their lunch break or whatever because they're easy. It's, you can do it. You can you can go to a meeting at 5 o'clock and get off work at 4.30 or whatever. People care about our community. And that's that's what I love. We have farming to the historic district, to the river, to the college, the university. That's one of the reasons why I picked to live here is because of the diversity of what we have, both both the geographic part, the education, the different kinds of businesses that we have. It's just, 
it's the best place. I love it. I think I we take it. that for granted. Yeah. We really do. Especially if you were born and raised here. You don't get it as much as I do. Yeah. It took I me saw a, the hustle and bustle up there, and yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm born and raised here, and it took me a while to realize yeah. just how lucky we are to have yeah. such a plethora yeah. of different things. You yeah. know, if, if you want to be in a more urban atmosphere, you Boom. can do it. You if you it. want to be in more of a rural atmosphere... You right. can do it. You can do it. <laughs> no problem. That's right. I got that. Got That's that right. for you. <laughs> That's right. So, so thank you for doing this. Yes, I really appreciate it. Of course. It. Thank um, you. Yeah. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, of course, it's lisasanford.com. It is. Um, yeah. I know you're on social too, Facebook sure. and sure. all that. Um, Cell phone. Can I give that? Yeah, absolutely. 815 815-922-6924. Okay. Thank, so thank you. My Lisa. daughters, my daughters laugh at me. This is Lisa Sanford with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Speckman Realty. How may I help you? And my callback number is 815-922-6924. That's 815-922-6924. They laugh at me. Maybe you should anyway. be in the voiceover business at this <laughs> no, point. No, I don't know about that. I'll keep my real job. And my volunteering. I love volunteering too. So all right. Thank, thank you. you thank you. Appreciate it, Jake. That concludes this episode of Kankakee Podcast. I'm Jake Lamore. Thank you so much for listening. Please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already and follow us on social media at Kankakee Podcast. And special thank you to our Patreon subscriber, Teague Dreenan, for supporting the show each month. Join at patreon.com slash Kankakee Podcast and you too could hear your name on a future episode. Kankakee Podcast is owned and produced by the fine team at Pathfinder, a full-service marketing agency in Kankakee, Illinois. Learn more at yourpathfinder.io. Our theme song is by Lupe Carroll. This river can-